This is Hypernasality, a podcast, a podcast, a podcast about speech therapy, and podcast about speech therapy and pap culture. I'm Dr. Anthony Drew. And I'm Karen with a C. Oh, hey, Karen. How are you, Jaren? <laughs> what happened to you? I, 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 my accent went a little forward there. Went a little but, lakey. Uh, a little a great little lakey, lakey. A little Midwest. I've been thinking about the movie Fargo a lot, so maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Should we re-record or is that our intro? I think that's it. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about in this season three premiere? Ooh. Karen, what do we got on the agenda? Well, on the agenda, on we could go, like turn it to like Staten Island on the agenda of the agenda um, agenda. <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about today on this agenda? The agenda. The agenda. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> agenda I can't it. help it. This is it. <laughs> this is episode. This is season three. We go we're nuts on back. air. We're, we're starting back, with baby. our favorite topic, which is the. The PAP culture, we're going to talk about the Grammys. Oh, I can't wait to see and, that. We, oh, we're debriefing about the Grammys. Yeah, we got a debrief on the Grammys. We have to talk all about our favorite girl, Lizzo. And oh, Bing. absolutely. Lizzo, what is it? Why? Is it that because it's bad bitch o'clock? Oops. No, it's thick 30. Ah, thick 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I just our like stopping Vogue today. that song and Vogue and Vogue and Vogue. You know? Oh man, I love that song. I okay, love so everything. What's our topic? What's our topic? Our topic today. So, uh, you, as you know, season three, we're going meta. So, our topic today is twofold. We're going broadly meta, and we're talking about what we mean about meta before we deep dive in ups, other episodes. But I also want to talk about my friend's parents, Mr. and Mrs. D, and a clinical yeah. dilemma they're in for our topic. So, we'll yeah. talk about that. That's and remember, good. everybody. As always, Mm-mm. this is not, not evidence-based. Evidence based. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, that microphone Do sounds I sound amazing. Crisp and clear. You sound like a radio DJ. I do. Yeah. Do you want to give us a little beep? Good morning. <laughs> Funk Master Flex. (laughs) (laughs) I was just telling our one of our friends we were in the car the other day, and I'm like, "Do you know Funk Flex? Like, do you know the countdown on Hot 97?" Like, he's like, "No." I'm like, "See, are those bombs dropping? That's Funk Flex. Like, you gotta know him." (laughs) She's like, "Okay." So she, she doesn't know about hip hop. She was not yeah. a 90s. Then I was like chick. overdoing it. I'm like, you know, Hot 97 is mentioned in a few rap songs, right? I'm like telling her which rap song. She's like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. now was that friend a colleague of ours or yeah. just, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Who happened to be listening to Hot 97 in the car? So I was like, do you know what you're listening to? It's iconic. <laughs> this is iconic stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Karen, how are you? It's been a while. Oh, I know. I, I'm i very busy. Are you busy like me? I'm very busy. I am keeping, I'm work busy. I have a lot mm-hmm. going on. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, free time, no such thing. I'm taking acting classes. I'm booking comedy stuff, shows and mics. And then any other gaps in time I have, I'm like, 
on the playground of New York City. I'm tiring myself out every day and it's really nice. You know, um, the weather today, I just want to say today, guys, it's like a 55er or like a little warmer actually. And it feels like, so we're in Feb and it feels like, like dawn of spring weather. And this Mm -hmm. is my favorite weather in Manhattan because it's like, here it comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like the fun is starting now. It, I love it so much. Like this weather, I would want to be out walking around the city right now. Just like ice as coffee, soon as we're done. Yeah. As soon mm-hmm. as we're done, I'm going to go run some errands and get out there. Yes. You're right though. It's like, I could smell it in the air. Are yeah. you saying the groundhog was wrong? I don't know. I thought he was right. We follow the Staten Island groundhog. And did he see his shadow? I don't know, but he didn't get dropped. He didn't <laughs> so. get dropped. Oh my God. Well, he got the, you heard about this, right? I mean, okay. So I knew about the dropping. I didn't know about the aftermath that you okay. were Okay. So I happen to teach. So our, our listeners can understand what's happening. I happened to teach my class on February 2nd. Mm-hmm. And I started class by saying, did the groundhog see his shadow? And there was much discussion about how many more weeks of winter. And I said, now, do we realize this is in science? And everybody's like, yes. I'm like, how many of your schools included this in the curriculum and they all had their hand up yeah so this is what we teach our children that meteorology is dictated by a groundhog not my good friend she's like the wind's blowing you're gonna get you're gonna get an ankle sprain (laughs) not my good friend ginger z at abc meteorology she hates the groundhog (laughs) sedge so anyway they're like dr k did you dr i mean dr anthony drew did you hear about the time the mayor dropped the Staten Island groundhog. And they showed me the video of Bill de Blasio dropping the groundhog. I'm and like, he's oh, tall, by the way. So that's a long tall. Fall. Yeah. And it happens. What we don't know, what they don't tell you, the groundhog died one week later. Guys, there's a conspiracy. The groundhog that we see today is, is a replacement groundhog. It is not Staten Island. What is his name? It's not Poxitani Staten, is it? i feel like the groundhog from there should have a name from like the staten island housewives or mob wives yeah i was gonna say like salvatore the groundhog (laughs) (laughs) salvatore Uh, pietro vito come here vito bruno rocco Oh my God. Campizione did not see his shadow. I just was throwing all the Italian. Chuck. I mean, Chuck does not Chuck. make honeys. Chuck. Well, I'm not giving Staten Island honeys. We need to change that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Staten Island is where we chuck all our garbage. So <laughs> that's what he does. Not anymore. Um, by the way, because not anymore. They closed that landfill. Close that, that dump. The Staten Island dump can be seen from outer space. And for oh, those of you that don't know. And from the West Shore Expressway. Yeah. And you can smell it from the Staten Island Mall. Mm-hmm. Yes, on you a, can. On a hot summer day, you know where yeah. you are. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, and, I love that mall. You love, love that mall. It's it is. It's like I would. Mm, it's a it's good pretty, one. Pretty. Yeah. It's not it's the best bad. one. It's it's routinely good and reliable, and it's got the same aesthetic as 1990s Woodbridge Mall. Absolutely. And so, like it's it's maintained like 
the iconic status of a mall where many malls have failed, you know, like this mall is. Oh yeah. The here. mall, my mall, the Nanuet mall that I grew up with is Got now it. an outdoor shopping center. Yeah. We have like so like much nicer ours residential over mm-hmm. here where I am. It's like, and then I grew up between two malls. Oh, there's a whole like Facebook thing. You could look at you, not YouTube, but the, the death of the malls. And it looks like any I future love. movie. Huh? I love it though. I love I the mall. Oh my God. I love the mall. So much. Lo- it's just not the mall, the Palisades mall. I grew up between two oh. malls. The Palisades mall is now almost all it's like shops, but it's also entertainment. Like you could go do, uh, Instagram Ladies photo fans. booth shop, yeah. like the mystery thing. We did like family game time in one of the yeah. shops. So did you go to Garden State Plaza at all growing up? Oh, that- yeah. No tax. That's another. I mean, me? that's the one. That's, that's the a one great today. mall. They have a gap. That's mm-hmm. all that mattered to me. I don't even know if mm-hmm. gap's a thing anymore. Yep. Kids. I gap shop there. Kids. But- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now have you been to the Staten Island Mall recently? Not like in the past year, I don't think I have. See, the other thing is like there are some tax issues and things that go on, you know. Oh, yeah. If you're from Jersey coming to New York. Well, in New York, it's now $110 or something. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Clothing items up to a hundred and less than $110 are not taxed. Okay. See, I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. So, but I like I used to go, I used to go there pretty frequently when I lived in Hoboken and I would like go visit my family, I would kind of like make a jaunt over there sometimes. Cause it, it's a good one, you know? Really? Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff over there on that side of the Island. Uh, but I just want to clarify about that. I, so, but you have been there in a year. Is it a lot of entertainment centers? Like what kind no, of No, it's like still there? like, it's, it's a lot of stores still. A lot yeah. of stores. They have go- all the ones. They have mine. That's- they have Sephora. They have Ann Taylor. Like, that's all I need. Stronger than the store, <laughs> man. They have every, our kids hanging out, like talk, yeah. talking about each other and like hooking up yeah, and, stuff like, and doing all the I kids stuff. Part of that, the reason why that mall does well is because it's like on Staten Island. Like mm-hmm. they're, like you got to go there if you're going to buy stuff like there's not you know what i mean so it's good it's yeah, good they got a good thing going over there Staten mm-hmm. island strong and just to clarify and yeah they i don't know do you remember the song by the new radicals i love this song yes yeah it's sing like it, sing you only get what you get yeah music you that's a great song. So that song, the video for that song was filmed at the Staten Island Mall. Shot. Mm-hmm. Shot. Yeah. And song is very special because DJ Jerry at our house, the Northeastern Bar, would close the night out with that song. So that song is very special to me. For that TV. was that was a pump up <laughs> song. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. I'm going to listen to it today. I think mm-hmm. it's a good one. The new um, radicals that you got the music in you. Is that what it's you called? got the music in you? Yeah. I'm gonna add it to my my um 2023 playlist, which is like an homage of things. You get what you give. You get you what you give. You get what you give. Yeah. Oh, that was like a lifetime ago for me. But uh, that song still <laughs> okay. We everybody listened to it. 
I would play it, but every time we include a song, the our our sponsor Spotify doesn't doesn't even like like it. We got flagged for the Lady they Gaga. They don't play that. I reposted the Oreos one, the Gaga episode twelve, so it should be back up. I wanted our listener Jeffrey. In case you were listening, Christina. No, I can imagine her being like, I was going to listen to that tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for our listeners that don't know, because Karen, we have an international audience. I want to share some stats with you. Okay. But Staten Island is one of five boroughs in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's a more conservative borough. It usually comes up as a red borough out of blue, out of yes. when elections happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it's New York City, you do pay 4.5% city tax on clothes so there still is a tax issue there mm-hmm. so i wanted to clarify that but okay, thank you we're up to 1151 plays wow i'm and, like 500 of those <laughs> well i want to say on average each episode is played about 16 times okay and that's for an audience of six so so yeah, that's guesstimating the audience of six. I think I'd like to be a little bit more optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm confused on those numbers. Hard to understand. So, but, uh, whoa, look at this: United States, Germany, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Mexico, Guatemala, India, New Zealand. All right, now I'm getting into less than one percent, so I'm not going to say the next wow countries but we've been have you traveled to any of those places and listened to the podcast (laughs) me no none of them that's really kind of cool do you think people are clicking it by accident (laughs) i think people here's what i think is happening i think people are clicking it because they're looking for speech therapy podcasts and Uh. and maybe in an international audience, the pop mm. culture part is not as amusing. Well, this is not evidence-based. <laughs> it's not so. evidence-based. So we have to keep that in mind. And I just want to say, um, season two was also a bit of a mess. We might've lost some listeners. And I, I take, think so. The, all the right. new ones will hang on. They yeah. will. Um, but we're going back to our new format where we don't care. We're not, we're not really doing a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. And um season three is gonna be all about going meta. Mm-hmm. Karen, you want to talk about up? Oh, is this our <laughs> stop it? Yeah. I think it's our topic. I think we got to talk about our topic and then we'll talk about the Grammys. So I will start by saying, is it meta or meta? Oh, we're going to have to go meta about the pronunciation of the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I've um, adapted. I don't know if you see that I've, I, I've aligned myself with you. Because you've said meta, which yeah. makes the E a long. An AI. Of, an AI. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's a two-syllable word, that's really got to be a short initial vowel, meta. I appreciate that. I think it sounds smarter the way you say it, unless Mm -hmm. Jersey. (laughs) Okay. And it also comes from the Greek, and Mm -hmm. the Greek pronunciation would be meta. See? And when you say meta, it actually makes me think of a name. That's a common name in India. Oh, yeah, like with the H in it? Yeah, M-E-H-T-A. 
Yeah, I've I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen that. But you know what else I've noticed? Every time I use the word meta, mm-hmm. whether it's to an audience of SLPs, graduate students, or, or audiences in general, there's a giggle because of the association with Mark meta. Zuckerberg's meta. And that's now becoming the, um, like the, the first yeah. definition or whatever. Yeah, but it's rooted in the same meaning, like going meta, having all of your virtual interactions in one place. And we, as speech language pathologists, are talking about going meta with our speech and language goals, meaning you have your goal, but how could we incorporate some thinking and cognition and meta linguistics to the goal? Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. And we What's already the benefit presented of that. It. Actually, we still haven't defined it. <laughs> so going meta is, a, I think I've been thinking about this in, in, in preparation for today. Uh, there's like a series of metacognitive verbs, things mm-hmm. like think, imagine, remember. And that's just, we'll just use those three as a start. So when we have a speech and language goal and we apply that, Think about why we're doing this. Remember the importance of this. Imagine when you might need to know this. These are all verbs that would invoke on our clients a little bit of why this is important, not just to do the pronounce the word or repeat the sentence or be specific with subjects, but um, the why this is important communicatively. Yeah. I know that's not a concise definition, but we're workshopping it here, I guess. We're workshopping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do um, we want to do, why do we want to teach kitties and adultees <laughs> to to use this? Oh, that's a great question. Like, what's the, why? What's the point? What is that so, bound in? I think a lot of our profession is going meta allows for explicit instruction and thinking about therapy goals our field has relied predominantly on implicit approaches where for example let's say you want to articulate initial ba you just drill it you say say baby say boo say babka depending on what part of the country you're doing speech therapy <laughs> and um we don't tell them why we're doing this. And so our field is really implicit practice, practice, drill, drill, and they'll carry it over. But we have cognitive brains that think whether you like it or not. So the meta part makes us say, okay, we want you to practice buh because it's a target sound that you need to work on. That's a very simple, think about it. When you say words with buh, they need to be clearly articulated for other people to understand boom, then go back to your implicit. So meta gives us an opportunity to be explicit. And it's like, I was thinking as you were speaking about um, theories of adult learning and like that, like when you're grounded in something that is being derived from your own thought or like you're sort of thinking about what it is that you want to do, isn't that like a, isn't there evidence that shows, even though this isn't evidence-based, isn't there evidence that shows that when that happens, that like the learning is more effective? Like, isn't there, isn't there literature on that? Like it, like identifying your own goal and then working towards that develops the learning in a different way. I mean, that sounds like it would be in the literature on self-efficacy, but since we're not evidence-based, I'm going to venture to say there's likely evidence. (laughs) Sounds good, but it comes down to motivation, even with kids. 
Why yeah. are we doing this? Yes. You know, and I think what happens is when we explain, think about why this is important, a client might be like, hold up. I don't actually speak with people except my spouse or my children. And they they might give you context of like, well, I'm not motivated. And so then you get a little bit of an insight how you can motivate them. to. Yeah. So I think if we think about what we're working on and why it's important, I mean, if I have to get speech therapy and somebody starts doing these activities with me, I'm going to be like, why are, why are we, we doing this? this? I yeah. want to know. Because then mm -hmm. I'm going to decide if it's worth my time, you know? You're right. So you have this like loop of effort and engagement and learning outcomes that comes with being meta. Yeah. Um, and it's worth my time and my money because I'm paying you. Yeah. I'm paying you. It's true. <laughs> I'm paying you. If I'm a, if, if we're therapists, we get paid through the, is my, is, is it worth my money and my time to even if well, some payers money. even it's like mm -hmm. contingent on the outcomes now. Right. So Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. I agree with that. I mean, kids aren't going to be like my parents aren't paying for it anymore. But my dad, my yeah. father. <laughs> but we have to look at it. I mean, somebody's paying the bill, and maybe one day when the world gets their act together and they say, "Where are all these tax dollars going and insurance dollars going?" and we get looked at with a finer tooth comb, we have to be able to justify why that happens that in some spaces already. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what better way? But I, I have to say, when we started talking about this topic, it was, it really made a lot of sense to me very naturally, because a lot of what you do in TBI rehab is based on building awareness in the client because they go through the, the rancho phases and you have this point in recovery where they have no insight to the fact that they ha were injured and that they have impairments. So a lot of what you're doing in the beginning is just even drawing them into like what it is that has happened and what they're experiencing. So it's part orientation, but also like getting them to recognize failure in themselves and like difficulties and challenges they're having. And then from there, that is the only point in brain injury rehab where you can start to actually get improvement to happen. So the whole core of initial rehab that you're working on in TBI is like literally just getting them to have the capacity to be meta on a basic level. And if you don't do that first, actually it, in, it inhibits recovery beyond there. And there are some people that don't develop that ability and they're just stuck in their brain injury at like no awareness, no ability to reflect, no meta possible. So it, when, when we started talking about this topic, it makes so much sense to me because it's like so much of the time that you spend in TBI recovery is on that, but it doesn't happen in, in other populations, particularly, I feel like with, um, peds, um, there's so much of like play and sort of like, I feel like, and again, this is my impression from the outside, but like tricking kids into doing what you're asking them to do and mm. and all of that and I don't know if stigma is sprinkled in there a little bit of like not wanting to tell kids that they're not doing well on certain things you know I think um, yeah I think that's in, it's an interesting component to it and I think it's an empirical question but when you did the example of play like we engage in um, structured play to elicit language targets and language goals 
And so we don't have to say meta, we're playing so that you talk more because I don't know if that would be one way or another with <laughs> a kid. You will play now, so you yeah. will speak now. <laughs> but I think on the other end, the reinforcement saying something like, you describe the toy, you use clear it. words. And and when we provide specific and clear directed feedback that's mm -hmm. like early i would argue that's early stages of metacognition where yeah and just that alone uh, seems like it would be a sufficient way of drawing their attention to what it is that they're doing mm -hmm. right where if you don't do that and you're you're sort of hoping that like just by them engaging in the activity it's washing over them and absorbing like it they're paying attention to so many things when they're playing you know? I always think of it as like you get 20 trials in a session, but if you get that one trial of the explicit and the good feedback, yeah. I'd like to see how that maybe exponentially increases the carryover, you know? Do you incorporate this into your instruction of aspiring SLPs? Very much so. Yeah. We spend a lot of time on going meta. We spend a lot of time on clear, specific feedback, even in yeah. my... Uh, research we're training practicing clinicians and educators uh you a good job is not enough because they don't know what part they did good mm -hmm. and we always include in our instruction like an emotional or cognitive appeal so this is important because it's gonna make you feel confident or it's gonna make you feel uh feel like you know what you're talking about and this will be you know? easier for you yeah you this is important that. so people understand you or when we talk about writing this is important so people who read this will also see how important it is and we also include a cognitive appeal how it's going to make you better in the classroom and as someone who's learning so yes i, yeah. I didn't know you guys were doing sort of like a buy-in tie too i think that's really it's it has to be and it's something we repeat with the a lot i'm curious to see how much it comes up in the when we observe them doing the intervention have you like read a bunch on like theories of motivation and learning or anything like that like it seems really grounded in that too well it's it's more our work is more grounded in the instructional practices so we oh know God. that kids need explicit instruction direct instruction modeling mm -hmm. And we have to check for their understanding and then provide specific prompts and scaffolds toward the goal, but also clear feedback. Yeah. You know, and like good and bad is never good. Like you use the strategy, you use the strategy independently. You looked at the strategy card. So just saying that, because then that in their head, I will look at the strategy card. They flip that right. around. Hopefully we'll yeah. see. That's great. I think it's really great. I, I don't know, like even in, in teaching the level that we teach, the being explicit is so valuable. And I don't remember learning that way. Like, I think the way I remember, I feel like information was just sort of presented and then it was sort of assumed that you'd be able to interpret and apply it, mm -hmm. you know? So it well, really makes I mean, that's how English rhetoric is taught. And I think we carry that over. So like you read a yeah. book and they're like, what's the symbolism? And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I think it symbolizes this. No, you're wrong. Well, it's just a symbol and it's interpretive a little bit. And that's my worldview. So yeah. do you get what I'm saying? Like we yeah. do a lot of this. And I actually think the more I'm learning about metaphor and figurative language, it's interesting to learn about these types of things but those types of 
figurative approaches to literature where we do the most of our reading and writing in high school and college even, that doesn't transfer to this kind of clinical learning where we want to be explicit. This is what I want you to do. The objective of the lesson is to be able to write a goal. Everybody say by the end of the lesson, I will be able to write a goal. And then it invokes in them like, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. It's interesting. This morning I was prepping a PowerPoint for something that I'm going to give a talk on next week. And I realized that I was like, you know what, like you're transitioning between topics and they're not going to realize it. And I put, it's so silly, but like, I just put like, sort of like section title slides in. And I was like, I feel like that's going to help. But that's an example right there of just like being meta, like we are moving to a new topic. Here is the new topic, right? Instead of just making the leap to the new topic and assuming everybody's on board with you. But I would even, I would even say with those section headers, you should create a diagram right at the top of the PowerPoint. So it visually shows them, I think. Shows them the organization and then how the units where connect. we're going. Yeah. yeah. So and I, sometimes I think people skip over that ty- that agenda slide. They're like, mm-hmm. "This is stupid. I don't want to talk to you about it." But actually, when you think about it, it's valuable for people to see what it is that's going to come at them in a talk. Yeah. What do they call these in learning right now? Like the thinking models or the bu- mental maps, bu- bubble maps. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's. Yeah where you take the information and and create some sort of visual. I think the other thing is we have the technology to create things that when you and I were in school, I mean, I did grad school, there was still like those clear transparencies that they would put on the overhead projector (laughs) and PowerPoint was only just starting and it was very clunky, you know? Yeah, I remember when I was in grad school, I was like one of the only ones who, because I had bad handwriting, I would bring my computer to class. I was like one of the only people because my I couldn't read my writing mm-hmm. <laughs> I still can't <laughs> so look at us going <clears throat> going meta on this first episode so yeah. this is we're gonna actually Karen and I have presented on going meta well we did it once but the way I said it did not infer the amount of times we've done it but it's an area that we are excited to explore throughout our um season I'm gonna yes. pause pause So Karen, did you watch the Grammys? Of course. Oh my goodness. I loved it. Yeah. I have to say like, they really cater to me in a way that like the MTV awards don't anymore. Like I know Mm -hmm. who the people are at the Grammys. (laughs) So I do enjoy the Grammys and it was great. It was so, it was so fun. It was so fun. I love it because it's like, about an hour into the show, they give out an award. I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Grammys. Like I thought it was just all this great music, you like know. Acts. And they they were. I felt like mm-hmm. this year was like really quite entertaining. I like it. And it's a lot. so eclectic. You go from Sam Smith and Kim Petras Love to the that, by 50 the way. year um the hip hop of hip hop and like everybody queen latifah holy schmoke i loved it so much and actually what i love the most about it is they kept panning to like jay-z and like all these guys in the audience who are like older now and they're like so excited and like saying all the lyrics yeah. and i'm like oh my god like they love it as much as i do still <laughs> you know yeah it was great yeah, that was and, really good and the number they closed it out with was pretty poignant too yeah. yeah. I also like, um, I love an, uh, 
the memorial, like the tribute, the memorial. I love the in mem. What is it called? In in memoriam. In memoriam. I love an in memoriam. They don't call it the necrology. Stop. That's what they do at. at no, that's what they do at faculty convocation. They call it necrology, and it's all of the faculty. Oh, they do. That's they gross. They do it every weird. year. I wanted to say nephrology, but I think that has to do with the kids. Some of them might be there because of that. So yeah. <laughs> um, that is really funny. And I, but I liked, um, I really like, I think it was Casey Musgraves that performed. She was singing Loretta Lynn's song. Oh, and I yeah. like really loved that. That was good. And she's then I thought, like, she, she's really cool. She's got some really cool music. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know we want to talk about Lizzo, so I have to bring it up because like I, first of all, I've been a ride or die for Lizzo for like pre-pandemic. Like I love her. She had this song that cracked me up when she first came out. It's like, where the hell's my phone? Where the hell's my phone? <laughs> right. It's, have you ever listened to it? I think so. It's oh my God. Familiar. And then she's like, how am I going to get home? And then it's like so funny. And then at the end of the song, she's like, oh, I'm holding it. And the song it's so funny. So I, but then like, as I was following her, I, I, um, you know, of course, like her messaging and, and her image and all this is so cool. But as I was following her and you learn that she's a trained musician, right? And that she writes her music and that print, she was like Prince's protege and like stayed at Paisley. What is it? Paisley, Paisley Park um, mm -hmm. and like trained with him. Like she is like, people have to know who we're dealing with here. She's an icon. She, I like, mean, that's iconic. Really, yes. Because it's not like she showed up and said, hey, Prince, will you teach me? Like, he selected her, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. He's incredible. And then... I was, she, I was thinking yeah. about this with music. It's like, I think people that don't know music, like, I love music. I love yeah. to sing. I don't know anything about music, though. Like, mm -hmm. I know a lot of songs. I know a lot of music. But to create and generate music, it's a part of the brain. It's a different uh, type of thinking. And it's harmonic. It's mathematical. It's creative. Yeah. Um, and I was watching everybody as they were, like, jamming to the songs and listening to. I'm like, they're hearing it from such a different perspective. So yeah, I like add props to my mu musical people because yeah. I... I don't have it's that. So cool. I don't. She's I I like love her so much. I was telling you she's got this HBO um documentary that I just like popped on because I saw Lizzo had a thing like I wasn't turning it on looking for it. It was great. She's so cool. Like she really is just a cool girl. And I think the reason that we like her the most is because she's so authentic. Like I feel like her authenticity and what she, like and the alignment of like who she is and what she does and what she brings is like this kismet like combo mm -hmm. of like the package is really something special. She's you know? unabashedly herself and yeah. herself is fabulous. I mean, I think when any of us are ourselves, that's when we're most fabulous. It's true. I was talking to a colleague about this the other day um, related to somebody that we admire. And I was like, you know what I think it is? I think it's that the values that this person puts forth and the way that they act like align. Like you see through their actions and the way they carry themselves that they're really who they who they are and they're okay showing you that too. And it just feels good when you mm -hmm. have somebody like that, you know? I'm such a dis. I was like somebody we specifically admire, but you're saying more in general. 
Well, we I was talking about like a, a former uh, member of the uh, university that we work at with uh, another colleague of mine. And I was like, this is a cool person. Oh, and do you see. know why they're cool? They're cool because of this. And mm-hmm. and it was just a combo like that. But I think there's something that happens where like when somebody's offering themselves up and it's like authentic, you, you gravitate towards that because it Absolutely. feels safe. It feels like, you know, somebody that you could trust, you know, and you can appreciate um, I was struck by two things with Lizzo. Um, the first, they sh- they did some sort of montage where they showed a video of her as mm-hmm. a kid. And you could see, like, in the second that she was there, like, the insecurities that a child has. And so it was really, uh, like, a teenager. It was She was an adolescent in the video, and it was, like, that moment. I mean, we all have insecurities, but you got to see it. And then she went on to win a Grammy that night, which in the category she was in with the competition, I mean, the competition was steep as always. She was very shocked. And um, the second thing that struck me was while the camera was on her at one point, she took out a little like airplane bottle of something out of her purse and did a shot, (laughs) which is something I would do. Maybe not on camera, but I'm like, you know what? Why not? I mean, Why I'm not? Up, she cracked me up when she got on stage, and she's like, "Me and Adele are just having a good time." She's <laughs> so cool. She's so cool, and her speech was great. I loved. She was like, "People are good. Maybe mm-hmm. we're all really good." And she was really highlighting like how people are inherently good, and yeah. I think that's something we need to amplify, remind ourselves of. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. media is right. not going to amplify the good. No, that and doesn't there's get so you to click. And she, I hope that she, I just hope that she like makes it bigger than she already has. I want her to take over the world. I love her. I think she is so cool. She's I love great. that woman. I missed an opportunity to go see her. My friend had an extra ticket. It was a free ticket and I couldn't make it. Because like every time I watch something on her, I'm like, I want to go see her. And then I look and she's like not around here. Like she's doing an arena tour right now, but there's nothing in this area. Like she was already here. Yeah. She was at the garden, but I think it'd be fun to do um, a trip to like you know she's at foxwoods in in connecticut that's where it is yeah, yeah. i mean that's a three-hour drive it's but it's a night nice... crowd as part of the show like i i want to go see her at, at like msg oh you want to see her I in wanna, jersey i want to yeah, see yeah. her like in a crowd that's like a like a, a good gaggle you know what i mean somebody was saying that the people that go to foxwoods to see shows are not like the connecticutonians that you would think <laughs> You get a lot of Massachusetts <laughs> people. Yeah. 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 Well, it is kind of in that midway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to also talk about Bay. Oh, Beyonce. Bay. I think you yeah. said Bay. Bay. Because that two minutes, by the way. Okay. So real quick, Beyonce looked great at the Grammys, did not get album of the year, but she did get electronic record of the year, which, which is one is of my favorite one. categories. And I was like, I've been listening to that album on nonstop. Renaissance is an amazing feat in electronic music. It's an amazing album. I think that it's one of those albums where you can, it's not like hit, hit, hit. It's like the continuity of the listening and like all of it's good, but it's, it's not the same as like listening for that one song on the album that you want to hear. I know there's a few on that album that are like the ones, but it's got like an aesthetic that can just kind of ride. Like you could it's listen to really... it front to back, you know? Wow. You've explained that beautifully. 
Yeah. It's amazing. You explained that's why people love electronic music because it puts you into this trance. And just hearing her voice and like the messages she's sending throughout that, she is a, f- I mean, she's a force. I, yeah, she's a force. And she was the buzzing class yesterday because everybody was trying to get tickets because she's going to be at the Meadowlands in July. Oh, but uh, listen, July 29th and 30th. I wanted to go see Bruce this summer and I'm like, we could go on vacation or we could buy two Bruce tickets. I mean, it's crazy. That's what these yeah. tickets are. Madonna. I love Madonna. I know. And I, gave I money. thought of you. A thousand dollars for a nosebleed. Sorry, That's girl. Bad. I know. Actually, and I defended her with the plastic I surgery. I die. I know. I, with the space that she has. I kind of like it. She reminds me of Julia. What's her name? She, Julia Fox with the bleached eyebrows. She loves it. She unabashedly herself. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because when she talks, I feel like she she's limited. But when she sings, she's still got it. So yeah, I think she's just like fillers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like she's yeah. like filled into place. Yeah, so but that. there's some pictures going around on the internet. They blew up her face because I looked very closely during that live telecast. And what I saw on TV and this meme that's going around is not the same. Oh, thing. that's not cool. I don't yeah. like that. You no. can't you can't disrespect her still. Like come on. And she yeah. was saying a message about like breaking molds and being avant-garde and here I like what she said. But look at your face. It's her face. Who cares? She it's wanted only to one do part that. of her. That's her body yeah. her choice. Bum, besides the, the fact that her body bum, looks great. Um can I live? Bum bum. Mm-hmm. Well, Karen it has been a delight. I'm Always. glad we were able to do this. And I look forward to going meta with you or meta, okay. depending on our mood, the rest of the season. And I'll see you soon. And remember, everybody, tell them, Karen. This is not evidence-based. Uh-uh. At all. Bye. Bye.